welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home every day from there. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. So let me ask you this. So let's jump from, let's jump from, because you were saying, you know, you've said a lot and really good stuff, a lot, lot of wisdom, a lot of depth, but you would, if you were sitting on the city council in New York, you would have said, hey, yeah, this generation is saying, and by the way, there are people who are coming into the New York City Hall, New York City, City Hall saying we have other people we'd rather put up statues for than that yeah. guy for for yeah. all of, of the hypocrisy and all the stuff that we've all talked about. So what do you do if you go out to, let's say, Rushmore? Now, by the way, quick, very briefly, the history of Mount Rushmore was it was a project of an artist who has deep, now deceased, deep roots into the KKK. He was a Danish-American artist who started doing a lot of statues, became very famous of Abraham Lincoln. And he was like a card care. This is you can easily find this. So in spite of the fact that he was, let's say, himself, like what I would say Jefferson was a white supremacist and a racist because of the way Jefferson lived his life. He is the living definition of a white supremacist and a racist. So that guy was too. So it has a kind of a shaky history. And yet we see it and you and I saw it together. And I've seen it three other times with family members and once on a trip west in my uh, sports car is that it's phenomenal, isn't Jerry? It is, it is, uh, yeah, it's stunning. It's stunning. It's so intimate. And I don't know, Casey and Megan, if you guys have seen it, but uh, it is stunning. It's stunningly beautiful, and it's actually, although it's on a big mountain, it's very intimate. But remember, so the, got, Native, the Native Americans are kind of upset with all that. Well, oh, they the want land. it down. Yeah, because that was their, that was their land. And on the other side land. of the uh, mountain, as I remember, and you're more familiar about Native American history than I am. Uh, yeah. But they wanted someone from their culture put it's up on that crazy so they, it, it, it's about half done maybe a little more mm -hmm. than half i've seen it a couple times and it's crazy horse and it's being done by another artist with absolutely no government funding he doesn't want that he wants to maintain total freedom a lot of volunteers helping and it's also magnificent and it's growing and, and by the way rushmore took a while to do too so there are people who are <laughs> there is a force now building to say that Jefferson's image and Washington's up there too is uh, that those should come down. And, and I know I am real nervous about this. Someone said, should Jefferson's, you know, should she go in with dynamite or chisels and take down Jefferson off of that? And I, today I would say, that's like a bridge too far. I don't, and maybe you could, I could be criticized and say, well, cut the bullshit. If you, you either do or you don't. If you want it down in New York, it comes down in South Dakota. So I end up here, and I wonder what you thought of this, Jerry, and Casey and Megan as well. What if we put up in all these places where, let's just stay on Jefferson for a minute, keep it narrow, 
and put up a plaque, a permanent thing, that in case you use, properly use the word historical context, which is always lacking. Yeah. By the way, people go in droves to Mount Rushmore and they know nothing yeah. about Thomas Jefferson. That's scary, but that's yeah. the truth. They don't know this stuff. We're, that's a good reason to be talking about it on a podcast. They don't. They haven't read any books about Jefferson, which gets get into this. Yeah, and maybe there needs to be a plaque that says, "This dude did these great things, but this guy also died not freeing his slaves. They had to escape or wait for Abraham Lincoln." And Jerry, you gave him so much credit, which he deserves for being this brilliant politician. And yet he walked away. He kept saying uh, slavery is evil. And not only did he commit the sin in his own personal life, he didn't have the skill or the courage to say, I know it's tough to get these Southern states to buy in, but Jerry, it was tough to pass the Civil Rights Act. It was tough to pass the New Deal. It was tough to get Social Security. And the Affordable Care Act, those were all real hard. And I'm talking to you, Jerry, where you are a politically skilled mind. Do the damn work and lead. What do you think? Well, that's a great point. The creation of the country, though, it wasn't a matter of of just doing the hard work. If he had never entered politics... In other words, he never would have gotten out of Virginia uh, at that time if, let's say, he he came out against slavery. He just would have been dead politically. Maybe if you come out of Massachusetts, uh, you could have survived. The abolitionists would have supported you. But the the point was the Constitution said, which he had not anything to do with, of the 13 uh, colonies, uh, you know, we, we needed nine nine to pass it. Well, the Southern colonies weren't going to vote for it. It, it didn't have anything to do with work. We now know, even when they fought the, the Civil War, they were not going to vote to become a part of a country unless uh, unless there was that provision, which even was a compromise of three-fifths of a slave would be a person, which is the most immoral thing you could have. So we always admit and agree that our original sin was is slavery and what we did to the Native Americans. There's no question about that. But then you're left with the question, should we have had a country in the first place? And if the reality is at the time that the only way you were going to have a country eventually is by taking this one step at a time. I mean, that's a political public fact. These statues of of Jefferson and George Washington it had nothing to do with their private lives. It was yeah. at the time they wanted to honor the creation of our country. Uh, so I, as a council member, certainly would have voted now to take that statue out. Period. First of all, every time we have a new president, he puts up new pictures behind him. Yeah. With Trump, we had Andrew Jackson. Yeah. And 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 now with uh, Joe Biden, we put up uh, you know Bobby Kennedy and and, and Thomas Jefferson, not Thomas Jefferson. Uh, my mind's blank. But anyway, you put up different pictures up there, and we don't have a a big issue about 
changing the pictures with a new president, a statue is heavier. <laughs> Admit it. So what is the <laughs> argument over? You can't move something that's too heavy. I, I don't think there's, I'm a hundred, hundred percent with you on, we should not have that statue there now. The point I was just trying to make is we can't simply dismiss that. Phew, how stupid was honoring mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson? Because right. what he did was the mo- as I said, it is the single most significant political line ever written, ever written. It is yep. the first Megan standing would- up against yep. yeah. dictatorships, monarchies, all of that. And that is an incredible thing. And that's what they were trying to honor. But it's lost now because of his personal behavior. So good. No more. No statue of him in, in City Hall, which is great. And not even would, on the mountain. I don't care if they. Oh, know. really? You, that would. Uh, that's well, not for you. Would, a would our fall. lives not go on anymore? I mean, well, seriously, no. would, you, would anybody lose their job? Would they lose their religion? Would there if you changed a sculpture in the side of a mountain? I mean, that's it's just not that big a deal to me. I think it was beautiful to look at. But now that it's, you know, it's being made clear to me what they represented. Well, no, if it's going to anger people, you know, unless here's where I draw the line. If they could put a carve me into Mount Adams, Cincinnati. <laughs> there you go. My now face. That is, would be, yes. That's where I draw the line. That's you know, counter- put me problem. into Mount Adams <laughs> in Cincinnati, then I'm okay with Jefferson. That was for John Quincy Adams, by the way. But that's all right. Hey, Megan, <laughs> Megan was you? Uh, uh, are you organizing a crew with uh, chisels and ropes and rappelling to go take his face off Rushmore, or is that too much for you? No, my equipment is it's it's being used and to carve Adams. Harry's face <laughs> in Mount that's Adams. That's right. I'm taking so. it away from John Adams, <laughs> and John Adams had no slaves. <laughs> So I screwed that up. Yeah. There you go. How about Mount no, Healthy? I, I'm not very healthy. I feel the same way. Yeah, there you like, go, Mount Healthy. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> you, you've already touched on this. Maybe we close out uh, on this. You, you touched on the fact that there's only so much, and this is coming from a skilled politician yourself, and I mean that in all honesty, that there's only so much you can expect for a political leader, particularly, as you say, Jefferson was kind of new to the politics world, to accomplish or to pull off or to sway people or to change minds. I've always wondered why there wasn't somebody in that group who were who are considered the founding fathers who might say this. Look, we all know the truth. We've got 20% of our population here on this eastern seaboard are black people that, yeah, we brought them on boats and we're, you know, we're, we've enslaved them and varying degrees of feelings about the moral morality of that. And we know, and, and Jefferson knew there were thousands, maybe millions. Fact is, we're probably up to 4 million indigenous people spread across the continental United States. And he, remember, with Lewis and Clark expedition, the core discovery sought out to discover, like, what's out there? So why couldn't somebody at that table say, look, it isn't interesting that in 2021, this is where we've landed. Have we not landed in 2021 where we want the deciders, the decision makers, 
to be representatives of Caucasian uh, European immigrants, one block, frankly, very large, African slaves and descendants, a second block, and Native Americans, a third block. And they were killed off with blankets, with smallpox in them, with ruthless things. That's the genocide issue. So we now today celebrate it when we get representatives elected to the Senate, like Ben Nighthorse Campbell, and, and he was the second U.S. Senator of Native American heritage. And we just elected a couple more Native Americans of the U.S. House of Representatives. We celebrated that we now have at the decision making table people from those through think of that as like a three legged stool. Couldn't there have been somebody in the early days that said we got indigenous people here. We got us. And I know we got the money and the guns. And, and that's well, we had we abolitionists. Went. We did. Well, but we they did, didn't and have. Did, and we did. Yeah. And we did. But, but why? The, the reality was they they didn't have anywhere near the boats. They wouldn't. Ha- they couldn't have. I mean, that's I think it was horrible, but they didn't have the vote. So the question then was, do we just give up on this idea of having a country? And, you know, that's that's what they were faced with. In other words, we, we can say that, that there should never have been a Thomas Jefferson or because they didn't do it, which I get they made a horrible moral decision. Uh, but then I don't know whether when America would have been founded, whether we would have had a country of a democracy. We would have gone back to still having a uh, a, a white king. Um, you know, they didn't get. I don't know what would have changed. In other words, you think it was you think it was inevitable that America would be birthed in the blood of two minorities. It was just inevitable and it was a proper part of the evolution because we were. I don't think I don't think it should have been handled back then. But you first start start with Columbus coming over here. And then for the next couple of hundred years, we obliterated Native Americans. Of course, it shouldn't have been done. But I can't tell you then what. What would have been formed. Uh, But in other words, in other words, at the time of the. of the birth of a of our nation, let's use 1776 as a marker. It was too much, and this may be the answer, Gene. It was too much to ask of any one person to have had the vision, or a block of people, to have had the vision that where we would eventually fight to get is to have a country with a three-legged stool merged into one country and deciding affairs. Well, because this is an interesting point. This is an interesting point because who said we needed to have a country created back then? In other words, you could have just dealt with the issue of we're colonies, but in our colonies, we're not going to permit slavery. You could have done that, but then you wouldn't have had the creation of a, the whole Southern economy was dependent economically uh, you know, they the reason they brought slaves over, it, it was cheap labor. Those people yeah. weren't thinking about anything else. It's disgusting, but they weren't. Yeah, so, yeah, true. Yeah, so there could have been people living over here that didn't slaughter Native Americans. There could have been people living over here um, who uh, said, we're not, let's not have slaves. 
and you would have various communities where they didn't have slaves. But once you wanted to combine all the area into one nation, you had to have everyone buy in. And if the South wouldn't buy in, which we know they didn't, they fought and died. They didn't want to do it. So, yes. So therefore, what, Some still don't. you know, I, I don't know what the answer would be. I, but I think the question today is. We're not going to honor that. And it's perfectly fine to say we don't honor it on, on Mount Rushmore. We don't honor it in the city hall and yeah. just don't honor it anymore. And I think this generation has every right, just as their generation decided what they were going to do. Well, this generation is purer and more moral. Yeah. And this generation has said, no, this isn't what we're going to honor. We recognize that the founding of the country was based in that. And, you know, to some extent, that was courageous, certainly to create a country. But unfortunately, the price they paid was as immoral as the thing they were fighting. Because if you think about it, the reason they were fighting to to create a United States of America is because they didn't want to pay the taxes without representation. Yeah. So they made this moral compromise because they didn't want to pay the taxes. Yeah, that, that's, that's the truth. That's yeah. the truth. That's you know, if if they didn't drop the T in the in in the Boston yeah. Harbor, yeah, you know, maybe we it's, wouldn't have had this country to begin with because it was all about taxes in the beginning. Yeah. Go, Casey. Oh well, I was just going to say. I think. I mean, I think that really goes to a greater point of the ultimate reckoning that we have to do as Americans and specifically Caucasian generational white Americans is that this is who we not only were, but are. I mean, I think you, I mean, you, you asked a minute ago, Gene, you know, it was, it, is it too much to ask that there would have been this, this idea of a consensus early on? And I don't think it was too much to ask, but I just don't think it was feasible for what yeah. Jerry, for, for the reasons that Jerry just put out. It, it was, it was a, it was all about the money. Yeah. It was all about the money and their personal freedom. And so mm -hmm. moral uh, moral issues were put to the side for the benefit of what they saw as their well-being. And we still fight these issues now. I mean, you know, as Jerry mentioned, the concept of America, you know, it was it was it was uh, talked about as the great experiment and we're still living this experiment now of can we can so we take so many different viewpoints and make them work together why don't for we the deal, benefit of that's us a all great point. Sometimes why don't we, we deal can. with that issue in our next podcast perfect you that's know a that's, a, that's a great intro to Love it casey it. okay that's a great idea megan do you have any closing thoughts yeah. when you're done with those Introduce Casey with some music because he's got a unique song. But Megan, what, what are your closing yeah. thoughts? It's been a great discussion. What do you think? Yeah, it has been. Um, I think overall, I, I mean, obvious, I, I agree with you guys. I think that, you know, everything has its time and its place and in those statues specifically in those those things have had their time and their place and it's time to move on and put them in the context in which they they should be so that as we have these conversations with future generations that the full conversation can be had and not just the, I, you know, ideal, ide, like, 
Ugh, can't think of the word anyway putting somebody up literally on a pedestal um, and not knowing the whole story behind it so I think it's important that we have these conversations um, so that the full history can be looked at and with that being said Casey our own Mr. Casey Campbell hey. um, has created for us an original uh, piece of work for us tonight Casey tell us about it I have um, so uh, when Jean approached us you know about the the, the uh, concept of this episode here and, and the discussion, it just really got me thinking about it. And being from the South, uh, I think very often of the, of the canonizing of Confederate uh, monuments and history and just how sort of antithetical that is to the notion of true Americanism and true, what I deem as true patriotism and, 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 and a, uh, clear view of what history means and how to put history into context and everything we've been talking about in this discussion here. So I just, I had it all on my mind. And so over the last week, I decided to write a song kind of specifically about this conversation. And so this will be the Great. world premiere of a brand new song. Good called, for you. Uh, Statues of Stone. So um, yeah, that's, that's where you guys... And, and and I pre and honestly, I truly appreciate you guys for kind of bringing this to me, and it it got me into the creative spirit. It's something you know, even coming now a year and a half after the start of the pandemic, it's something I've still sort of struggled with. And so having something on the forefront of my mind led me to want to write some poetry about it, and put it to music. And so I thank you all for for inspiring. Good, you owe us money. Send us a check. <laughs> That's Always. right. Yeah. Text in the mail. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Statues of Stone, everybody. Our heroes are dead. They scream on the TV. And folks are accused of erasing history. While stories from the ages are whitewashed to guilt. And the truth is condemned as radical filth. How can we call these men heroes With unrighteous blood on their hands And statues of stone don't a history make No statues of stone don't a history make Good book does tell us beware of false idols and to think of the lesser while you sit in your saddles. But too often these cold granite ghosts of our greatness shine only through the beauty and the eyes of oppressors. So remember the tales of your heroes were penned from the back of a gun These statues of stone tell their own twisted truth These statues of stone tell their own twisted truth In front of 
another. No hero is without his sin. And no nation built upon stolen lands is recused of the innocent blood shed within. And to those who delay in its history will be called to account one sweet day. And them statues of stone, they'll have nothing to say. Those statues of stone will have nothing to say. And them statues of stone will have nothing to say. Nothing to say. Oh, man. Oh, Casey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, that Thank was one Mr. Much. Casey Campbell. Oh. You can find Casey on Spotify, on iTunes, anywhere you find him. You can find us, Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery. We ask you to give us both five-star reviews so that we can continue bringing you great conversation and fantastic music.